Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Well, Stu, we're, we're a week late. Uh, do we well, need to... I feel like we should apologize. Sorry, everyone, if you yeah, looked. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're fortnightly anyway, but that was yeah, a so classic COVID moment. It Stu, was you very selfishly... Uh, when you got COVID. But. I know, it's not good, is it? But but you know what? Uh, we'll have two in a row, so that kind of compensates. Oh, so, okay, good. So this you know, this week we'll have one, and next week we'll you have one. Binge. Which is, you can exactly binge, on right. you can binge on Thrive Deeper. You can binge on Thrive Deeper. So, Matt, we're finishing up with Romans on this particular episode, episode 143 mm. of Thrive Deeper. Going to be looking uh, today at Romans chapters 12 through to 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think as we move into these last five chapters, we kind of see the theology that Paul's kind of presented in the yeah. first sort of part of the book from chapter 1 through to 11, how that now informs yeah, that's action right. and life and how we meant to live as a result. This is not yeah. just information. This is actually yeah. around transformation. And so Paul demonstrates that the doctrine isn't separate from yeah. sort of Christianity. Oh, man, the application is so yeah, interesting exactly right. uh, so, from this. I'm looking forward to yeah. talking through this. Yeah, yeah. It, and and it's interesting because at the beginning of chapter twelve, that's stated very ex- explicitly. Mm. Even the first word there is therefore, and that's it's right. a therefore that covers pretty much eleven chapters uh, of quite you know dense theological material. Uh, Book of Romans is so important in the way that it has informed Christian belief. I mean, oh. it's it 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 creates a level of clarity. That is not just about belief formation, but a life-changing belief yes. formation. I mean, life-changing stuff. Mm. You know, uh, the in, in in navigating the Christian life, uh, you know, I found the the constant reference to things that Paul talks about in Romans. It's just so vital. It's all practical stuff, and it's actually from here that he makes the practicality of it. That's right. Uh, explicit. There's kind of that opening statement. Really, what he's saying is, in light of what God's done, which is what we've just gone yeah. through over the last eleven yeah. chapters, how now shall we live? <clears throat> yeah, you know? that's right. And I mean, he's talked all about uh, the sacrifice of Christ. Now he's going to talk about our sacrifice. Personal sacrifice, <laughs> so exactly. Is, right. So you know, it's this life for life thing. Jesus gave his life for you so that you could give your life back to him. And what does that mean? Yeah, and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And and he says here in the first verse, therefore I urge you, it's this therefore that covers, this is your response. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, uh, which he's just spent the whole uh, book discussing, yep. in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. As a, you know, as a, um, you know, ex-Pharisee, someone steeped in, um, you know, in, in Jewish ideas, this, it's really a rich idea, this idea of bringing a sacrifice, because of course it, he's evoking there the temple sacrifices, particularly bringing you know the offerings that the burnt offering which was a, 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 and I think that's what he's referring here which is this um offering of response to god this is us the offering there symbolized the one bringing the offering and you would bring the offering it would be wholly burnt on the altar and this um speaks of the this sort of transformation that takes yeah. place you know when when we uh, you know, cleansed and, and cleansed of our guilt, and we can bring ourselves and give ourselves back to God. 
the burnt offerings illustrated in really colourful fashion what actually happens as the the animal was offered on the altar. It was wholly burnt, wholly consumed, mm. and in a sense transformed into smoke. And it's said there that it you know will be a pleasing aroma going up to God. So so the guilty you know the guilty sinner as it were is transformed into someone pleasing to mm. God. You know mm. someone who. Uh, who evokes the favor of God. Yeah. And there's this transformation of someone who, you know, in a sense, you know, and I think of the words of Psalm, uh, both Psalm 15 and Psalm 24, which ask the question, who, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who, mm. You know, this idea of who may ascend, who may go up mm. into the presence of the Lord. And the burnt offering kind of illustrated that. Someone who who is who has offered themselves as a living sacrifice, yep. you know, undergone this transformation that that makes them a pleasing aroma, as it were, to God. And this is the this is the what he's really alluding to here. And of course, because the second verse he goes on to speak about transformation. Yeah. yeah. And of course the challenge for people like me is you know, and I, I can't remember who wrote the quote, but the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the Yeah, altar. that's right. And I know yeah. that's the challenge yeah. for me. You know, we, we we're yeah. all gung ho willing to lay it down, but then for yeah. whatever reason we find ourselves, you know, yeah. And so this is a continuous, that's you right. know, we, th- this is something that we continually need to do uh, because worship is a constant thing. So mm. this is your uh, proper, your true and proper worship. So this is not something that we just do once at some that's point. And right. I like, no, worship is a lifestyle and it's, mm. it's all about, you know, presenting ourselves. We are, we are the, the sacri- the worship sacrifice, you know, yeah. and it's us giving ourselves over to God in order to be transformed, in order to undergo that transformation, uh, there on the altar. And so that leads seamlessly into yep. his sec- the second verse here, which he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the, so the transformation happens as we offer ourselves over to God. He's not saying get your life together mm. um, and and be transformed that way. So go off and and fix yourself up and no, actually by offering ourselves over to God as a living sacrifice, we undergo a process of transformation by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and uh, and th- this is the renewing of your mind. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's much more holistic. I was going to ask you about that because it, it's an interesting. Yeah. You'd think by the renewing yeah. of your heart, but he says no, the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And then is that because there's a level of intentionality where our heart follows our mind in a sense? We've got to, you know, in a sense. Yeah, I don't think he's that that sort of dichotomy, which you know, heart and mind, which we often create a bit of a dichotomy there between right. the two, or. Uh, it's really one and the same thing okay. uh, here. Uh, I, I don't think he's working with that kind of okay. dichotomy. This is a whole. Uh, I think what he's alluding to here by the renewing of your mind is a completely new way of seeing and and understanding life. Right. And um, and that understanding is as much a heart thing as it. You know, the the understanding of the heart. I mean, often you know, the Old Testament speaks about. Uh, the understanding of the heart. There's there's a kind of, um, and again, I'm working with that dichotomy. But it is it actually is a f- bit of a false dichotomy. That kind of heart mind thing, in a way. I mean, yeah. it's useful in some senses yeah. to separate that because there are some things that you can just know intellectually yeah. and yet not really know. And but- I think for me too, there are sometimes where you have to make a decision 
not to do something. Yeah. And and it's only after regularly making that same yeah. decision that your heart follows yeah. in a sense and you no longer yeah. want to do that. Thing, yeah, that's right. Might be. Yeah. <clears throat> but here, you know, he's saying that you actually are, it, as you offer yourself over to God, you are actually going to undergo a transformation Change. that is going to be very much a, a completely different way of seeing and understanding mm. things. Mm. Um, and that, and I know, from experience that it's that oh that that breakthrough of not just an intellectual oh yeah I understand that but I actually see something mm. from a completely different uh, perspective yeah. and it actually does completely change uh, the way that you feel about things uh, it's it's a very it has a very holistic impact on yes. your life and I think that's what he's you talking. know he's talking about here and because he goes on to say then you'll be able to attest and approve what God God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will like then you will then you will know oh yes this is right now I get you know there's been so many things that I've known about what God wants you know yes. it's like uh, you know you got to be you know humble and kind loving but there have been these breakthrough moments where I've actually from the inside, realized, yes. oh, this is what love, oh, this is what humility, you know, yeah. but really from the inside, like I could, I could have, you know, reeled off Bible verses and given you a technical definition of it, but there's something about this spiritual realization of what's, and a taste for it that you can't untaste. Yeah. That's what I think he's taught. Then you will know. Then you will be able to test and approve. Not in not in the sense that you say, oh, yeah, you know, God's yeah, right no, after no. all. Yeah. But you will really know and see the yes. rightness of what is right. You yes. really are going to taste it. You know? That's great. Um, it's interesting from here, the, um, uh, the sequence, uh, I think you, you, you could easily feel that Romans 12 is just disconnected advice or disconnected exhortations, but it actually is very connected. There's mm. a real flow here, you know, this offering your body as a living sacrifice, really this transforming of the mind to a completely new perspective, okay? Mm. Uh, and then you'll kind of get it, right? And then he goes straight into, uh, I, I say to everyone, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. This is part of what's going to change in the because he's talked about, don't conform to the pattern of the world, uh, but be transformed by the by the renewing of your mind. And and this is kind of what's going to happen. You're going to you're going to have a new view of yourself and it's not going to be um a low view of yourself. You are going to understand um so when he says do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, he's not saying that you should think that you're nothing and insignificant. Yes. That that's not um that's false. Humility, he's right? he's going on to talk about you know real humility mm. which is a recognition um it, it's not uh, it's not a denial of the absolute sacredness of which I mean Paul's working within a framework of mm. you know uh, an understanding of the absolute sacredness of of human life and every human being as a as a child of God. Um, but he's working within a culture that clearly saw that there are some people that are greatly significant and and that there are some people that are almost nothing, almost worse than beasts in some senses, right. you know, mm. in a, in a multi-tiered society that you've got the emperor who's mm. like a God down to the slaves who just have, have no value mm. uh, at all. And, you know, he's saying to a church who, who have, you know, people from uh, high, you know, high tiers of society right down to slaves in the, in the one, yeah. in the one church. Yeah. And he wants to say to them, he wants, he wants them to realize 
that they all have this vital part in the church. This is the, you know, uh, so this is the practical of therefore. In a sense, Mm. faith puts us all on the same level, right? We all are recipients of grace, Mm. of the grace of God. None of us warranted it. (laughs) So so we're all put on the same footing. Um, and, And it's not that we're not valuable or significant because if we weren't valuable or significant, why would God pay for us in the in the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. I mean, that underscores the fact that we are infinitely valuable to God. Yeah. So therefore, no one should think, oh, I'm better than that person. Yeah. This is the point here. So, you know, he's talking in a very, very multi-tiered class society. Yeah. Much more than, you know, um, much, I mean, we're, we're not a very class conscious society. I know, on, you know, on my, on my, uh, the British side of our family, very class conscious, you know, and 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 our family was always at this tier that were kind of uh, sort of up there, but not up as up there as they wanted, and you know, and my grandfather had, you know, always, you know, had had a copy of Burke's Peerage, you know, which yeah. says who was who in right. you know a very famous book yeah. uh, about you know who's who in the British aristocracy and and mm. where you fit, and you know, and and I mean, we had some sort of family members in that, but you, they always wanted to marry up, and so so the. And and I I always remember how how incredibly class conscious uh, my my grandparents really were you know yeah. as still very much coming from that British background uh, yeah. and and so so I kind of get this yeah in in a in a society where actually your life depended on yeah. where you were in the class in some senses I mean yeah. uh, so to a very class conscious church mm. he's saying don't think of yourself in that yeah. sense don't think. You're significant that this person isn't. And it kind of leads into this whole conversation around us understanding our place in the body, that we we, we need to see everything f- through the, yeah. the glasses of grace. So we've got our personal sacrifice on, on the altar, but yeah. then it's talking about well, what's our sacrifice in the body and laying down the yeah. sense of our superiority or yeah. our being more That's important. That's part than of what's else. being offered exactly. on the altar. It's exactly that right. it's that false self, that false identity. Yep. He's also you know alluding here to the Jew-Gentile thing. It's, yes. There's a spiritual superiority thing. Yep. That he wants to, and, and it's interesting actually. When you go into chapter fourteen, mm. he's going to talk about issues, and he's going to talk about the weaker brother. It's interesting that it's it's most probably the Jewish people that he's referring to as the weaker brother in the example that he uses, yeah. uh, which is interesting, mm. Uh, mm. you know, because it's a, it's a slight, <laughs> it's a you know, it, yep. it's a it's. In some ways, it's almost an insult if you were going to hold on to that sense of superiority. That's, that's going to flatten your balloon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he's really concerned here that everyone understands. Okay, this is a new way of thinking. We're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to see things differently. Yep. That every single person has a place, mm. uh, a vital place in the body of Christ. We're all recipients of grace. We all have this place. And so he goes on to speak about, you know, he says, verse 5, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, right? Mm. We are absolutely vital to each other. So so that's his, you know, so humility in a sense is, as he casts it here, and, and, he, and he goes on to speak of humility uh, more explicitly, but it's understanding how dependent you are that you're not more important. We are all immensely significant. So it's not self, uh, it's not viewing yourself, right. you know, yep. in, in a deprecating way mm. um, and depreciating your your fundamental human fundamental huma- huma- humanity. Sorry, mm. it's ditching all of that, you know, 
spiritual superiority, class superiority. We see things, we share a common humanity, and we are absolutely vital to each other. And that's the, it's getting rid of that dog-eat-dog kind of, I'm building my own identity, and I belong here, and you're there. And uh, yeah, So it's such a vital idea, and it's an idea that he's going to expand on as we go into chapter 14 and, yes. and 15. It's going to be really important. Um, uh, the the rest of uh, chapter 12, Stu, because we, we, we need to scoot along uh, here. Some beautiful, you know, bits of advice relating to that, you know, sincere love. And, of course, mm. love is a recognition of the infinite value of another person. Mm. That's sincere love. Mm. You know, it's not – insincere love in a, is, is, in a sense – um, I love a person because of what they offer me or because they're an object of desire or, a, you know, sincere love is that recognition of, of infinite value. Yeah. Uh, you know, honor one another above yourselves. Yeah. Yep. You know, th- it's just great. You know, keep your spiritual service, keep serving the Lord. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's, and, and then he goes into the bless those who persecute you. This is a really important part of the living sacrifice. Mm. This is about following Jesus, you know, uh, in in living this sacri- sacrificial life, lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. If someone offends you, you know, it's like Jesus gave up his rights. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's not a, it's so, not saying don't be assertive and don't communicate with each other about how they might have hurt. It's not saying that. Yeah. Uh, it's saying you have no right to harbor bitterness and judgment against another person. Yeah. And even beyond that, saying sacrifice your own likes or dislikes or preferences or partisan <clears throat> positions for the sake of Christ, for the yeah. sake of the gospel message. Yeah. Be willing to lay all of that down. Yeah, that's right. Because it's not yeah. anywhere near as important as yeah. the, the that's message right. of Christ. It's <clears throat> one of the important things here is how the end of chapter 12 bridges into the chapter beginning 13. of chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Chapter 13 goes on uh, to say, let everyone be subject to the governing or, uh, governing authorities. Mm. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities ex- that exist have been established by God. Now, that thought actually flows seamlessly out of the one before. And I think we, uh, and, and of course, this has been very topical in the last yeah, uh, last years. couple of years because yeah. there's been strong feelings around how you know the government has dealt with the pand- pandemic and so yeah. forth, and 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 there's this sense that well, um, I'll honour the government if I agree with them, if I think that what they're doing is right, then I'll you know. Yes. But actually, um, you know, uh, Paul and then Peter actually in in his letter makes this even more I- explicit when he says, "Submit yourselves to the governing authorities," and then he says. As an example, and it makes it very clear, the grammar of, um, I think it's 1 Peter 2, Mm. uh, could be 1 Peter 3, um, makes it very explicit. Uh, When he speaks to slaves, it's under that same idea, you know, be be in submission to your authorities. And then he says to slaves, you know, submit yourselves even to the masters who treat you poorly. Poorly, yeah. You know, for the sake of your witness to them, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just incredible application, so countercultural for us. This application of this sacrificial living—it's actually about the message. It's not about you getting what you want, and yes. getting what yes. you think your rights are. You need to do this because Jesus gave up all of His rights for the sake of the gospel, and you need to do the same. And that's the point. It's not about being a walkover or, you know, no. uh, it's about for the sake of the God. This is all about Christian witness and being good citizens. And and so this is the idea. So in chapter 13, in Romans 13 here, the idea, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, flows out of what he's saying before. Do not repay, verse 17 of mm. chapter 12, do not repay anyone evil 
for evil. Be careful to do what is in, what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, right? So don't go starting – and, and this is the key idea here. Don't go starting a, a, a revolution. We're not going to upturn the order the way that – the world does it, right? Mm. We're not going to fight with the weapons of the world. Mm. We're gonna, we, we are going to win the battle the way that Jesus did. We're yeah. going to sa- self-sacrificially love and honour people, mm. okay? And that, that love and honour needs to be extended to, to their authorities. Not because they warrant it, actually. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's not the – because we didn't warrant it. I mean, it's just talked about that, the yeah. whole of the letter. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, it goes on. And it gets stronger. Do not take revenge. You know, leave room for God's wrath for His written is mine to avenge. Mm. Okay, so don't strike back. Mm. Uh, and verse twenty one: yeah. Do not be overcome by evil, mm. but overcome evil with good. That's how we're going to do it. Mm. We 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 are going to overcome evil with good, not by force. We're mm. not going to, you know, we're not going to start. And this was always the. Um, this is important at this time too, because the Roman authorities is uh, Christians. Um, did what um, those who uh, practiced the pagan religions didn't do, which is they form Christians form congregations. Right. Uh, pagan religion didn't encourage congregations. Uh, in fact, the Romans didn't even want people congregating. Yeah. A whole lot of people getting together Dangerous. that looked like trouble yep. to them. Yep. So it was never encouraged. Now, uh, Christians were encouraged to do that. It drew a lot of, um, you know, it, it, it drew some trouble uh, on them. Now, they did underground. They they gathered in smaller groups and in different ways, a little bit like we've been doing mm, this, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they were, uh, they, they still put a big, um, you know, a, a lot of importance on staying connected with each other. Yeah. Um, so, Paul is making sure here that, y- y- you know, th- there is – when you gather together, you're not gathering together to start a revolution, you know, yes, yeah. a revolution and upturn yeah. the social order by force. That's not how we're going to win this. Yeah. Um, and the perfect example of that is Jesus the night before when he is to be arrested yeah. and Peter cuts the ear off yeah. of the Roman guard. You think, well, that's perfectly justified. You're, you're, yeah. you're about to arrest, to crucify. Yeah, that's you right. Know? And Jesus says, no, no, that's not how we're doing this. Yeah. And heals the guy. Yeah, you know, that's right. Like, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> and so that, thought is what goes into the you know do not yep. overcome uh, uh do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good mm. let everyone be subject to the governing authorities right mm. now at the, at the time the governing authority was nero uh he was the emperor mm. uh nero was mate the guy was a nutter mm. i mean he was he, look they all they all were murderous tyrants <laughs> yeah. i mean some some emperors were better than others but they they weren't uh, you know they weren't good pit they were they were tyrants and well Nero was and they were pretty put cruel Paul to death in the end wasn't yeah it? that's right yeah. Paul, yeah that's right Nero Which was, was soon after this yeah was written so Paul himself would be <laughs> imprisoned put to death under the under the governing yes. authorities mm-hmm. and he didn't try to shirk that I mean he was you know wrongly um, that that was all wrongly done mm. but you know. He's, I mean, he he. In a sense, this is this was his sacrifice, you know. So he really lived this. Yeah. Um. And you know, he says in I think it's in Philippians, you know, as when he was in prison, you know, rather than thinking this isn't fair and I got to fight against my, you know, fight for my rights, you know, I should not have been in prison. He he sees finds purpose in yeah. that place. Okay. Well, it's I'm become here. What apparent to all yeah. of the palace guard that I'm in chains for Christ, and I've been having great witnessing to everyone, and you know, so he yeah. 
he, he, it's purpose over preference for, for Paul. He's, yeah. he's always great. serving the gospel. It's great. Um, so, uh, you know, um, he just reminds them as the, as the chapter draws, it, again, keeps bringing them back to we're living by love here. We're living for other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, and, and you, and because, this age is like a blink, right? This age is all about serving God. So, he's, you know, this is where he gets to, you know, the time is short, yep. whether it's between now and the, 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 the return of Christ. When, it, when he says the time is near, it's the kind of imminence he's talking about is, is to do with the fact that the next sort of a big event on the prophetic calendar is the return oh, of Christ. Christ. Yeah. This period is a period of mission, right? Mm-hmm. So he's get about the mission. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get about the mission. That's because Jesus is coming back and that's the most important thing. Speaking of purpose over preference, this is where he's speaking to a church that are having all sorts of problems yep. um, around the way things are done. And this is chapter 14. This is, we're going into chapter 14 yeah. now. And he's really dealing with specific issues in that church yeah, at that time. At that's right. Time. And they are, and, and, and in a sense, the church is, is um, threatened with, you know, significant disunity because of these issues. And of course we know that, I mean, Jesus prayed for unity for the, I mean, the, the themes of unity throughout mm. the new Testament, it's like unity. We've got to keep the unity guys. Come on. Yeah. You know, you've got to transcend these differences in the ways of seeing things and different, you know, and this is the kind of situation that he deals with here. It's interesting. Um, uh, and I think it's N.T. Wright who, who really sees chapter 14 as the, the issues there as the thing that inca- occasions the whole letter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That it's that the, here's a divided, you know, a church that's sort of bickering, and he goes. He, right they the essentially beginning. they misunderstand. They misunderstand yeah. the, the gospel, and and they miss. You know, they miss because it's a bit between Jews and Gentiles. There, there are these sort of factions, and you know, the, the Jews have come back. They've been exiled from Rome. They've come. They're Christian Jews, yes. but they've come back. The church is kind of all this Gentile church, and and and. And you're eating the wrong food, and you're not acknowledging yeah, yeah, the right yeah. holidays, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there are all of these issues. So, so you know, think in terms of communion, for example. So, you know, and and communion in those days was sitting around. To, actually, it was a literal meal, meal. Yeah. Um, as is made you know evident by uh, Paul in uh, one Corinthians eleven. Uh, you know, they they shared a meal. Now, you can imagine the problems with this, Stu. Mm. Uh, okay, so you know. Um, you know, Priscilla's uh, out the back cooking up a nice roast yeah. uh, for, you know, for the meal that they're going to sit around. But, you know, the, the Jewish person wants to know, was it, kosher. was it, is it kosher? Yeah. yeah. You know, and the, so the, you know, and, and you can imagine the, the bickering that's, yeah, hang yeah. on, I've just, I've just cooked this great, you know, roast for you and you're just, you know, no, I'm not going to eat that, you know, yeah. and you shouldn't eat that too. And they're all, and that suddenly they're, you know, the very thing that should unite them, the meal, yes. is becoming a source of yeah, disunity wow. rather yeah. than unity. I mean, the meal, the communion meal, was meant to be a sign of their unity. Yeah. And essentially it's becoming uh, a place of disunity because of differences over food laws and mm. uh, and mm. so forth. Um, and so this is what Paul addresses here. He said, listen, you just need to bear with one another, you know, um, and and that's the, the advice that he gives here. I mean, look, he says, look, I mean... The fact that, because one of the issues, a lot of Jews actually in the diaspora outside of Jerusalem, because in Jerusalem you could get kosher meat, and yep. but you couldn't, that, you know, wasn't guaranteed 
in all of the other places, particularly in Rome. And invariably, when uh, when the um, animal was slaughtered, it would be dedicated to some god. Yes. So a lot of Jewish people were vegetarians Mm. uh, as a result of that. Even to this day, actually, a lot of Jewish people, uh, you know, become vegetarians for that uh, for that reason. Yeah. That's why if you often go to uh, like uh, Jewish food places, you know they'll they'll have these like falafel things, and you know like it's it's like this whole culture built up. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, of, of food around it, this idea of Jewish diaspora that just wouldn't eat meat because they w- couldn't be sure, sure that it was. Yeah. So, so, for example, you know, Jews won't have any dairy products and meat products on the same bench. Yes, you know. Yep. So this is the sort of thing they're worried about. Yeah, yeah. So did you have dairy products? Well, no. You know, so suddenly, you know, I'm not eating that food. And mm, you know, mm. so, so Paul, you know, Paul is saying, look, um, you know, the fact that an animal's dedicated to it, it look, it, it doesn't, you yeah. know, it doesn't really taint. It's, it's not, you know, th- th- there was a time when all of that had an importance and those laws were there to actually instill something. Yeah. But, but that time is over. And um, and and now we get the principles. We carry the principles forward, but uh, but yet he says, but you need to, but understand, people have done this. They've got these scruples around, mm. and you just need, like just be sensitive to that. Yeah, Don't, yeah. You know, and and this is where he talks about the weaker brother. Yeah, be sensitive to those who have scruples. It actually could be even, um, you know, uh, Gentile Christians who, because of that association with idolatry. Perhaps mm. they might feel, oh, I just don't feel like I can yeah. participate in that. You know, um, you know, Paul says it's really important that everyone does things on a good on a good conscience. You yeah. know, yeah. and you know, look, I mean, whether something is sacrificed to an idol or not, it really doesn't make a difference. But if it if it's if it's something that on a person's conscience does actually yeah. make a difference to them, or you know, then you've got to be considerate to that yeah. person. So what he's saying is unity is more important than agreement. Exactly. We don't have to agree. Yeah. But we can still be united. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And unity. so there's significant disagreement. And so I think it's yeah. a, it's it's. A wonderful way of, uh, I guess, because um, he's not he's not going and saying, "Oh, yes, this group is right and this group is wrong." As such, he's saying, "Look, there's something higher mm. than this. You know, there's a higher unity. Just mm. bear with one another, for the sake of the unity. Mm. You know, mm. um, whether you think they're right or wrong, yeah. there's something bigger here." And Matt, that unity actually is what reveals the love you were talking about yeah. before. Because you're willing to make those sacrifices yeah. out of love for the other person, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. So he says in uh, into chapter fifteen, yeah. verse seven, accept one another. Then, just as Christ has accepted you, this is the the, the sort of uh, the the outcome of this. You just you need that's the way they are. That's the way that they see things. You know, whether they're right or wrong. And he, in in some cases, he points out, look, then you know, this is they've they've got this issue of conscience. Um, it actually isn't as harmful as what to them as they they think it. But you know what? For the sake of unity. for the sake of unity, just transcend that. Just yeah. try to like just bear with one another yeah. because there's something more important here. I think this is so important, and I think most churches like our church, uh, mm. Stu, mm. is you know fairly post-denominational. I mean, you know, there used to be a day where all of the Anglicans, you know, of that went to Anglican, all the Baptists went to, and all, whereas I think we're in in a sort of post-denominational age where we have churches gather with people with still the fundamentals in common. We still need to be united in the the fundamentals of the, you know, which is partly why Paul covers those fundamentals 
because he says, look, unite around this. Yeah. Right? These are the essential yeah, things. These are the essential things. These are things. the non-essential These are the non-essential things. things. Yeah. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, um, this is always, always so significant because there are so many things that could divide us, you know, yeah. things that we, you know, feel passionate about. I mean, you know, whether it's political things or those practice, things of practice, you know, uh, you know, one person might be okay with alcohol, another might not. The person that might not might have really legitimate reasons mm. because there's been an issue with that. The person who, who doesn't just needs to be sensitive to that other person. Yeah. The person that doesn't shouldn't judge that person as that, you know. And that's what love is. Exactly. You know, yeah. This is love. Exactly. Is let each about. one make up their own minds, yep. you know, as to what, you know, what's right. And, but let's focus on the bigger picture. And he's covered the bigger picture. So I think, yeah. um, I think, you know, there is, you know, Paul is writing to a church that uh, has so much potential. It's a, it's a strong church. I mean, he's encouraged by their, by their faith, mm. but he wants to ground, he, he's like he, he uh, kind of digs this, sets this really deep foundation for them yeah. so that grasping all of that, they can transcend relatively petty yeah. issues. And I think that is always something that we need to And he's writing to a church he's actually never remember. been to as well. Yeah, so that's he's right. having to yeah. try to unpack this from a distance. Yeah, that's right. You know? So yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, I mean there's so much oh, to learn from from this from this letter. And th- those chapters, um, you know, particularly chapter twelve and thirteen and I mean there's it's just such rich mm. material in there. I really encourage our listeners to yeah. just to read that over and over again and to reflect on that. I I keep coming back to these chapters too because they're just they're just so rich, and uh, and I think I love the experiential dimension. It's he's covered all of the beliefs, but this we actually have access to something real here. You know, we've got access to something real, and if you put first things first, and if you if you give yourself over to this, and you commit yourself to the bigger picture, you will you will experience something life-changing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. We really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading as we go through the Bible with Thrive. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper and thrive. Thank you.